Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're about to get extreme here on AfterBuzz TV. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz We are here live on AfterBuzz TV, ready to cover Extreme Rules 2019. Extreme. 2009. Say that again. Extreme. 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 I think it generated like from like extreme rules from one night stand extreme rules, which Correct. is coincidentally because tonight yes. was in Philadelphia, in home of ECW, ECW, which was the home of Evolve last night. If we have time, I'd love to talk about that show. Okay. But we got a new face. I'm gonna just start off straight off the bat. This nice pretty face that you got. I'm not, I'm not oh, gonna sugarcoat it. Going. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Keep and that's going. A, with a nice shirt. I know that's your that's your my confident shirt. That's right. And who are you? I don't I don't even know who you are. Who are you? Well, I'm Jack Farmer. I'm super pumped to be here. Uh, I got to be on After Buzz's Raw show just a few weeks ago. Now I'm on Extreme Rules. So things are looking up for Jack Farmer. Nice. So what about you? The third person. <laughs> Jack Farmer says, uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, of course, it's Hobo Voice in the house. Thank you so much for inviting me on the Extreme Rules After Show, my man. Of course. I am George Hermosa, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. We're going to get right into it because yeah. I don't want to waste time not talking about it. Uh, Extreme Rules, just overall thoughts of the show, uh, Jack, like just general. Like, show ended. What was your first thought that came into your mind? It was a very perfect example of it's all about how you end it. Because that's the thing that I think we're all thinking about right now is how the show ended. And I know we're going to get into it in a little bit, but I personally loved it. I'm a big fan of how it ended, and so I am buzzing after it. What about you, what about you Flobo? I overall liked it. I think the pay-per-views that, that came out uh, after WrestleMania and, and coming up to SummerSlam are good. If anything, it's almost too many of them. But like Extreme Rules really had some moments in there that I, I really like. We'll get into each individual match. Um, solid pay-per-view, solid effort, and uh, I, I'm now getting warmed up to the whole four-hour pay-per-view thing for everything, if that makes any sense. Oh, well. Yeah. So we're going to get right into the main event. We had... The man's and or the man and the man's man. By the way, hate that T-shirt. Cannot stand that T-shirt. It's the man's man, but yeah. whatever. Uh, going up against Bar- Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Now Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Hello, Thanks. round one. Uh, <laughs> Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans coming off last month their championship title matches. Now we're going to combine them all. What are your thoughts immediately about these guys main eventing for maybe the fr- I think the first time in a big main event slot, Jack? Um, yeah. I- I felt like this was one match too many for these guys, uh, seeing them over the past few months going again and again and again. Uh, I'm not a huge uh, Corbin fan. I'm not. Why not? I, he's actually, I think he's fine. I think he's a fine wrestler and or a fine performer, but he's just been way overexposed for who he is, I believe. Um, I've always said I think he'd be a great like tag team guy with someone else, but I think he's a bit out of his bounds in the world title picture. And... Personally, I'm, I'm not really a huge fan of the way the, the Rollins and Lynch dynamic has been working as a couple. So for me, as a match on its own before the ending, it was a bit flat for me. It just wasn't it, – it didn't pop for me. Well, I, I will get your with your thoughts, uh, Flo, in a second. But I like what you just said about Rollins and Lynch. I went on a rant – maybe not a rant – at the last pay-per-view after show where I said – 
I wouldn't be surprised if it turns out that this Seth Rollins Becky Lynch relationship is a work. It, uh, do you think it is or? I think well, they can might make it a work for the line. I think they, they really are dating. I it just feels like everything's so out there. Like it, 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 it is feels out like there. if it feels like if you never knew that you know the TMZ story, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you would think that it's a work. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. They, I think they're actually dating though, but I feel like everything else is a work around it. The commentary have said it all the time. You know, like what if they break up tomorrow? Yeah. Well, they got they got to work through it. They got to work through it. But <laughs> in a tag team match, play up. But I don't know. I, I was I I feel like they come across more like a mid card heel couple than a a main event face couple. They they just they just kind of make me cringe a little bit. I'm just not a, I'm not into the. I like both of them as individuals, but the relationship dynamic is kind of annoying. It's like I don't think. Do you think they have on screen chemistry? Is that what it is? I don't think they do. Mm. It, it just they feel like the annoying couple that yeah, they are the annoying I think there's a little bit of, of thing you can draw from having the top male talent at least going in and the top female talent both being champions and they're together and they're both the best shape of their lives or both overlooked as traditional champions and things too but it is a bit overwritten for sure well speaking of uh, Becky Lynch as the champion like who's next for her obviously it looks like this Lacey Evans storyline I don't want to say it's finally over but because yeah. I think Lacey Evans really did shine a, a few times in this feud so what's next for Becky I mean, this wild card feud kind of wild card rule kind of makes it anybody really. So sure. who you, who do you guys pick for Becky's next challenger? It's a good question to ask because uh, I think we was, uh, Jack and I are, were watching the, the pay per view. We went through the women's roster and all side, and it's like nobody really available and at that level. If I have to pull that card, I would definitely bring Sonya Deville over. Uh, she's the only person I would think that can go toughness versus toughness. But as far as the raw roster is concerned, I don't see anyone taking on Becky Lynch. Yeah, I would say, I mean, before diving into that, I do want to give a quick uh, shout-out to Lacey Evans. I believe she carried that feud, personally. But, yeah, as far as the next person, Sonya Deville or uh, Mandy Rose, but I don't really know if there's anyone else that you could bring up that wouldn't feel like a, eh, I don't really think, like a, a Natalie or, a, I don't, I don't. Yeah. No one that would say, oh, that looks like a legitimate contender. Does, All right. does Ronda come back in the next month or two? I, I don't think or so. Or do they save that for maybe WrestleMania 36? I would. I think Ronda Rousey is definitely a WrestleMania bump. I wouldn't have her come back. Not for a SummerSlam? I, even though SummerSlam is literally my favorite pay-per-view of the year, I don't think I'll bring Ronda Mine's Stomping Grounds. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> or, great, or Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> great, balls. Great, great Balls of Fire is a pretty pretty big moment for a WWE every year. I know what happened last year. It was so Everyone pointing to the Great Balls of Fire <laughs> sign, <laughs> waiting for their moment, right. their Great Balls moment. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you mentioned, Jack, you love the ending. You might be in the minority based on whatever yeah. I saw on Twitter, but, you know, we all saw the show. Brock Lesnar comes in and cashes in after Brawl Heyman says he's going to do it. Yes. So why did you love the ending so much? Are you a Brock fan or you just, do you like him as champion? I'm a Broccoli. I love Brock Lesnar. <laughs> I, I, I just, I know everyone else hates him, but he is just, look, he's, he's a box office to me. When he... When he's in WWE, I buy the WWE games. When he's in NFL, I buy the Madden games. When he's in the UFC, I buy the UFC games. That guy just, I want to buy any shirt or show he's on. He, I believe that he's dangerous. I feel like he's the only person who is currently in WWE that a win over him really means something. Um, I think guys like Undertaker and Cena used to have that. But now, no one in WWE more personifies the, if you beat them, 
that's a big deal. This is more about Paul Heyman than Brock Lesnar. I mean, look, I was a fan of Brock when he actually didn't skip leg day, but this old and bloated Brock, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I get why he has a championship. He is a threat in that way, but I cannot get on this other Brock Lesnar train after having him around and being an absentee champion for so long, uh, having him back in the mix. Paul Heyman's managed other people. Curtis and Axel, for one. And Curtis Axel. <laughs> what's he doing right now? Uh, he had a B team. Go, go, go. So, it's not just... Uh, Paul Heyman's great. Paul Heyman sure. is the, the best Mike guy I've ever seen. I'd put him ahead of even The Rock. I think he's amazing. Um, I'm probably not going to get a lo- lot of love for that comment, but... Um, <laughs> Doesn't but, matter, because you got that shirt on. But uh, I got the pink on, so it's okay. <laughs> right. uh, I'm blending into the background a little bit, maybe. No, but... Um, but it, it, He's great, but it takes more than just the mouthpiece. You have to have someone who can back that up, mm-hmm. and and Brock backs it up. He he. It's not just because he's booked to win, but he feels like a destructive force. He, I believe that he is someone that can tear people apart, and that's the difference between him and many other just big guys that used to beat people up. So now, but he's champion though, and he it's okay. He can be there because he wasn't always champion when he came back in WWE. Why not just have him there as like an obstacle? Does he have to be the the top guy as far as champion goes? I think you should have him as the champion because he's the one that's going to sell tickets. But it also makes, if he's not the champion, then who would ever want to fight him? No one, because he's destructive. Do you think that's why maybe that match with Dean Ambrose at Mania 32 and Bailey didn't work because there was really no stakes involved? It's possible. Yeah, that's a whole, yeah. I think that, that, that totally worked against it. But also, when it comes down to having a wrestling match, I don't think you can put Dean Ambrose and just, I'm going to take suplexes all day. I mean, he's not that kind of character. Mm-hmm. I think if you have a match like that, Dean cannot use his, uh, what's the word, mental, cerebral act- faculties or whatever, and that puts him at a disadvantage. It just comes as another, like, punch, kick, suplex kind of a match. So what are, are we going to see a rematch at SummerSlam? Rollins against Brock, or...? That seems to be the writing on the wall, um, but I think we're all burnt out by that. Because here's the reason why. Seth won that belt with three stomps. We saw that today. How does Seth do it again? You know, I think there should be some time in there. At least give Brock something fresh if you're going to keep him as champion. So who does your wrestle at SummerSlam? Seth Rollins or Brock Lesnar? Oh, Brock Lesnar. I th- it seems like it's got to be Rollins. I don't know if there's yeah. anyone else except for maybe uh, uh, Braun Strowman. Yeah, Strowman's the only, only other... Upper mid card face that won tonight, so I, it would be him. But I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't, do you want to see that? Not really. Okay, <laughs> it's settled. Brock is going to stand on a throne the entire SummerSlam and do nothing for four hours. Click this check, and I would still be excited. I popped up off the couch when he won. Tonight. You did do that. I, I did. Oh my I was, gosh. I was so excited. I'm I'm all in on Brock. This well, I know gonna, this is going to be a good summer. And I know when Brock first won Money in the Bank, uh, the, all the rumors were he was going to cash in on the first Fox show against Kofi Kingston. Obviously, that did not happen. We saw Kofi Kingston tonight against Samoa Joe. Kofi Kofi Mania is still running wild. What were you guys' immediate thoughts on the match? I know you know Kofi's been champion for a few months. I want to know what you guys' thoughts on the match and how has his reign been so far, even compared to other WWE cha- uh, champion title reigns. I feel like what Kofi's really missing is that big match to sort of hang his title reign on. He doesn't really have a match yet that you're like, that was his You don't think this is one. it? Because, for example, I know with uh, uh, Dolph Ziggler, he had Xavier Woods interfere. With the cage match, it was like, well, you know, he'd dive out of the cage. This was like a definite win. Is it against Samoa Joe, or is it? do you think he needs to get face some, uh, someone maybe... 
a higher level than Samoa Joe? Like, what what would be that level of W that you're looking for? If you're asking me, he needs an opponent that can draw out many months of different layers of matches. So as long as he's been champion, and I love Kofi as champion, when he got the belt, I jumped off the couch, I almost cried, it was the moment. But he went through Dolph in a month and a half, he went through Kevin Owens in mm-hmm. one pay-per-view, and now you pin Samoa Joe. A guy, despite what you throw at him, finds a way to be relevant and still be a draw. Mm-hmm. He beats him with a very, very sloppy trouble in paradise. And I love Kofi to death, mm-hmm. but then, alright, you flatten Joe, and then what? Are you going to give him somebody else? But who would you have him up against? Like you know, for you, you just said it right now he yeah. needs a very decisive victory. That that moment as champion, what would you have him do? I thought tonight was supposed to be that night, but mm-hmm. I agree with Flobo. It felt very. The end kind of fell out of nowhere, but not in a good way, mm-hmm. not in an exciting way. It was sort of a oh that that got him, um, and I think that hurt the overall way I remember that match. There was a lot of good stuff in the match that I like. I loved. I love Joe in it, though, more mm-hmm. than I love Kofi, which is a bit of a problem. I, one of my favorite moments of the night was when Joe said, who's number one now, after he did the, yeah. uh, the, the finger, finger bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a great moment. That's one of my favorite moments of the night. Um, but I think they could go another, another round at SummerSlam. Uh, him and Joe again. I you think don't, you don't think that maybe Kofi versus Roman because I I agree with what what you said earlier, but I think they're gonna have Kofi beat Roman in that big time match that maybe Kofi needs to elevate his status as you know a top WWE champion. You can't do that. You can't have Brock the head of one brand and Kofi and Roman going ahead of the other brand. It'll be Roman's on SmackDown though. But what I'm saying is that optically we're going back to 2017. It won't be. It'll be a bad idea. It'll look like a whole regression the past year and a half. And I love Roman and I love Kofi. But if your two top guys are the same top guys I were two years ago, what is the point of call ups? But I take Kofi beats Roman. I don't. I don't want to see Roman a WWE champion. Yeah. I take Kofi defeats Roman to get him to that next level. Because again, no, no, no disrespect to any of those guys, but yeah. Kevin Owens, Ziggler, who uh, is Samoa Joe, like. Right. Roman Reigns is on another level. Yes, absolutely, and I, I'm totally agree with you. But I don't see Roman there. Roman is definitely good at being the upper mid card like attraction match for now. This is where I would I'd put the brakes on a Roman. I get I get where you're coming from, and I, I think that would make sense in a lot of ways. But the reason I wouldn't really go with that right now is because for the first time, people are kind of cheering Reigns legitimately. He's mm-hmm. always had a bit of a mixed crowd at best, but. Whether people love or hate Shane McMahon, people, well, I guess everyone hates him, that's the thing, but um, whether or not you like him on TV or not, people hated him so much that it made them even like Roman Reigns beating him. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little bit of that goodwill now, and I think if you put him against Kofi, everyone's going to boo him. And you everyone's so? going to. No one's going to cheer for Reigns over Kofi. Kofi's super lovable. and he has pancakes. I'm sold. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I jest, but yeah, it would be a bad idea for Roman for sure. So, what does yeah. Kofi need? Like you said, against Samoa Joe, maybe at SummerSlam again. I think they've got another. I think they've at least got one more match in them. Do you but, think? But but I think Samoa Joe would have to go over if they did another match. Huh. I would think. Hey guys, yeah. Josh in the booth here. Hey Josh, I think it'd be a potential possibility that this might be uh, where Bray Wyatt comes in. As far as feuding with Kofi and establishing himself as a top guy, I think, do you think. What do you think will happen? I think when Bray comes back, I think he's going to be the biggest babyface on the entire roster. You're probably right. So and, I, unless I guess, he does something horrible, like attacks Kofi Kingston, because because you're right, everyone's going to love seeing him again because everyone wants him on TV right now. And yeah. the Firefly Funhouse is 
what what well, why I was still going was one of the most entertaining parts Absolutely. of it. Yeah, but even like little cameos like in backstage, it's like I love the fact that they're kinda add on on Easter eggs like on Raw or SmackDown, you know, that you never really seen that before, you know? You, it makes you really want to watch like someone's oh, Bailey's walking in the backstage. Wait, do I see a bunny? Do I see <laughs> do I see Huskis back there, you know? I don't know. Right. right. Yeah, it's it's um so you're right. I think he will be a huge face unless they put him against a Kofi. That, that actually makes a lot of sense um, to have him face Kofi because mm-hmm. if he does come out and does just brutalizes Kofi, everyone's going to hate Bray. Unless he comes back and brutalizes Brock. <laughs> no, one, no one brutalizes Brock. Right. No, no, no hits your boy. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no, we did talk about Shane McMahon, how everybody hates Shane McMahon. I do. Uh, we saw him in action on the very first match of the night with Drew McIntyre against Roman Reigns and The Undertaker. Uh, okay, Undertaker, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Undertaker jerked the curtain tonight? That's crazy. The first match is The Undertaker a tag match. What plan? Okay, go ahead. You were saying- okay, first off, from what everything I hear, from what I hear, the most important match, other than the main event, is the opening match. It sets a tone for the entire show. Uh, so, most times it can be, but to me it was interesting that you've, you've booked this particular character as its own sub-attraction for so long, that, or even if the main event, the sub-main event, to have him in a tag match where it's already diminished, you're already sharing a spotlight, him being first was kind of out of place for me, I thought. So did it ruin the match at all? Did it ruin the match? No. But then at the same time, you're, I was expecting something bigger. Because it was so early in the match, you're like, well, is it going to be a giant turn? Is someone going to show up? Will Bray Wyatt be in this match? Because, hey, it's Undertaker in a, in a match at a pay-per-view that's not WrestleMania or Saudi Showdown, Super Showdown, or something like that. So I was waiting for something, and it didn't happen. So I guess it did hurt in a weird way. Yeah, The, the Undertaker is more than just a, a, a big-time wrestler at this point. He... Not to sound cliche, but he is an icon, and, and that the gong and the lights going out—that is a, a thing that is absolutely amazing every single time. And I know some people say he's getting old, but personally, I, it works for me every time. I love seeing it, and um, I think that's something you should have let build up over the course of the show, so that it, it happened later. And so when it did happen, it did—it would feel a little bit bigger. So with this tag match happening, do you think this is the best way to use the Undertaker? Especially because I heard Michael Cole say it himself: "This is the best Undertaker's looked in five, like almost five years." It's like first off, his match with Goldberg wasn't even that bad. Okay, it really was. Yeah, but I like, was but saying. I mean, like, yeah. like is this the best way to use him, or do we see him against Drew McIntyre at SummerSlam? Because he kind of te- we all saw that shot. We all saw that shot where Drew McIntyre comes up behind Undertaker, which was like, yes, you'll never see anything else like outside of WWE that because that's perfect. Camera work. I, as soon as it happened, as I said, Flo and I were watching right, together. Yeah. As soon as it happened, I said, "You're going to see that shot in promo videos yeah. and replays many, many times because that was perfect camera work." I don't know how. I don't know if that was planned or if that was just a lucky accident, but that moment was just a perfect shot for. Yeah, they, I, I definitely hope they build up to McIntyre versus Undertaker. Do you think you want to see him in more singles matches? Because it doesn't sound like he's. He, this was his last match. No. We're gonna see him again. Yeah. Like more tag matches. Like I feel like they just had a T-shirt with both their symbols on it. Like, is this kind of like something? Something's to come. Maybe even Roman. You said like maybe not the main event, but more teaming with the Undertaker. I'm not gonna say never. Never say never. But there's two things that are conflicting. That idea. One, the Undertaker has been booked singular for so long, except for Kane. 
because he's like this you know the guy who walks alone in the darkness it is weird seeing him tag with someone besides Kane and two uh, it was never clearly established why they tagged in the first place it was Undertaker saying he didn't ask for my help I just want to beat you up <laughs> but now you're wearing t-shirts like your buddies so unless you explain that I'm not saying give me a, a promo that you know, we had our beer one night and it was great and <laughs> now we're a tag team but to me I gotta find the connection as to why Roman would say okay I beat you at Wrestlemania but we're cool now or why would you go back to the same guy that beat you at Wrestlemania do you want to see maybe more Undertaker tag matches or singles matches Singles, singles. Definitely. Single matches is is better for the character, but I mean, look, to be just not about anyone up against uh, anybody over the age of forty five. I guess so, man. I did to protect him as a performer. Yeah, tag matches are great, but like as the Undertaker, it has to be single. I mean, that's because it would drew it, man. You know. Yeah, the the character doesn't make sense for him to be buddies with another wrestler unless it was like a cane. But that's something I don't really want to see. Tons anymore. Right. Um, I think he doesn't need to be in the ring necessarily with super young guys that are going to bounce around the ring either. I think as long as he's in the ring with uh, someone that can make it a psychological match or a, a smart match. No offense to Goldberg, I love Goldberg back in the day, but he's not someone who's going to have like work through a bunch of great moves and, mm-hmm. and things like that. He's he was built on just running someone over and pinning them, and that works. But it's not going to work when it's against the Undertaker. Um, if you put him in a match with an older guy, you know, I, I think on Twitter they were teasing like a Sting thing a while back. I think him and Sting could have a good match because I think those two would find a way to work with what they can do. But um, I think singles matches for sure would be better for that character. And I would love to see him in, with something with Drew because I think Drew needs something like that to sort of step up from where he's at. Um, and I think Undertaker, outside of Brock, still has enough. Uh, enough credibility that a win over him still means a little bit of something. Not as much as it would to beat Brock, mm-hmm. but to beat The Undertaker still symbolically means a lot. Now, we saw Undertaker hit the tombstone on Shane McMahon. Uh, mm-hmm. Is this going to put him out of action? Obviously, after that whole Kevin Owens promo, which we can talk about Owen Ziggler, just how, I mean, that uh, that was there, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I would hope that Shane gets, if not retired, but taken off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talk about how bad Shane is, has, has his punches are terrible, and his coast-to-coast thing. He used to be amazing, but it's kind of pedestrian, and he has, what, four segments a week. Objectively, it's not healthy for the business. Mm-hmm. The character has run his course. I hope he's off TV, but... I will say this, as a writer of characters too, it would be so much easier to bring him back and say, well, I got a tombstone, but here's my new plan, which is kind of kind of bad. But the credit to Kevin Owens and his new character is that he's quick to say, I'm not standing for this. And he's kind of become the voice of the people here, mm-hmm. uh, how much he's frustrated with the McMahons being front and center. So I hope that, as far as, far as Kevin Owens is concerned, he gets to keep doing that. I hope Shane gets off television at least for a little while, and but I'm not sure that's going to happen. I don't want to have to wait. I think... I don't think he's going to be off of television. I think he should be done in the ring. I think he at least needs to be on TV, though, just to keep whatever Kevin Owens is doing going. Because mm-hmm. if you just take Shane McMahon away, now we go, well, what is Kevin Owens complaining about? Mm-hmm. That Everything he's done over the past couple of weeks is now out the window. But I think it would be great if they had Shane McMahon pull back a lot, maybe act as a sub-authority figure, not someone who's doing the opening promo for 30 minutes every week, but... You know, just almost like a regal on NXT, where he's he's there a little bit, does a few kind of uh, GM type things, but then mostly sort of acts as a manager to a Drew McIntyre, and then maybe he, that facilitates the feud between a uh, Kevin Owens and a Drew McIntyre down the road. Would you like to see that Owens versus McIntyre down the road, Fobo? Yeah. 
With his new albums, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of turned up to, to, to 12 or 13, but mm-hmm. I'm down to see him as a fan. If anybody can pull it off, it's Kevin Owens. Yeah. Kevin Owens can do anything, I think. I think he's good enough on the microphone that if you want... I, I think he's doing great as a face. He's obviously a great heel. Yeah. Uh, he's someone that's easy to get behind. And he also is someone that... I, I always say kind of the, the mark of a great wrestler is someone who... If you don't watch wrestling and you see them doing, you turn it on, you see that he's mm-hmm. someone that you go, oh, what's this guy's, mm-hmm. what's this guy's deal? <laughs> and he's someone that if you didn't watch wrestling a lot and you know I'm watching wrestling, you walk in, you'd say, what, what's his thing? Yeah, makes sense. I mean, another match we saw tonight was the handicap match with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against Bailey. Um, I mean, what are you, I just kind of come. What are you guys' thoughts about this? Maybe overall storyline is: Are we going to start to see rifts between Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross? And what's next for Bailey? Sure. I think I, I think the opposite. I think we're going to see. I think what we're seeing now is everyone's been trying to make us believe that Cross and Bliss, or Bliss, is going to betray Nikki Cross. I think they're going to end up becoming a tag team and going after the tag team titles. And I think we're going to eventually grow to go. Oh, this is actually a couple of friends. Oh, they're actually working together. Now they're going to go for the tag As team. As baby titles. faces or heels, or is it going to be I, that still that back and forth? I think it might be a little bit of the back and forth, and I think they might start leaning towards babyface, and then as soon as it starts to get old, they have the very nicely built-in um, endgame plan to just have Bliss turn on Cross down the road. And then we go, oh, this whole time it was old. <laughs> she, was, she was doing this thing, and it, it, then you can kind of go from there. But right now, I think, because they did nothing at the end. They, they were hugging each other. They looked like they were friends mm-hmm. afterwards. They obviously can't go for the women's title now. That's out the window. So I think they go and try to start bolstering up the women's tag team division. Sure. From a story standpoint, this is actually one of my favorite matches of the night. Uh, you established Bailey as a formidable champion. You can take two at once. You have Nikki Cross featured in an extended match that she could tell a story. Alexa Bliss obviously was protected. Uh, she didn't get her involved in the ring too much for whatever reason. And that storyline has uh, Bailey as a champion. Now, should it be a tag team champion? A tag team uh, team? I think so. That'd be kind of fun. The Iconics aren't really doing much. Uh, I do think Bailey is a competitor. And it's still kind of... Uh, addresses the elephant in the room of what Alexa can do. We're not really sure of her health. And mm-hmm. there's always that looming thing in the background is, is, is Sasha coming back? And if she is coming back, is it mm-hmm. going to be the SmackDown with Bailey or with Raw? Or what's a brand with the new wildcard rules? So uh, I told a lot of different story points at once, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I hope that uh, Nikki gets to develop that new character on the main roster a little bit more. Uh, and I hope that Bailey has a, a, a fresh challenger come Tuesday. What is next for Bailey? I mean, is this the same problem that we have with the Raw women's division where it's kind of like right, who's really next? I mean, Charlotte hasn't been on TV for a month, but we've sure. seen the Bailey Charlotte stuff already. Like, yeah. so what's next for Bailey? Well, yeah, ne- next for Bailey is definitely be a new challenger. Um, SmackDown has a little bit more women in the roster. Uh, the aforementioned Mary Rose and Sonya Deville. We have Ember Moon's in the back somewhere. Uh, they also have the um, Kyrie Sane and Asuka. I mean, they're a tag team bundle now, but they can always break one of those off for a quick feud. Uh, and, and also the NXT call up. So there's a lot more options where to go with Bailey. More, more so than Raw. Uh, but you're right. I'm not really sure who's a clear cut next challenger for her. Yeah, I would say uh, split up the tag team and have Asuka go for. It. I think. I don't think that tag teams work. I don't think anyone's really clamoring to see them compete, mm-hmm. and it felt forced together to begin with. So I think you could just break off Oscar and have her just challenge, and it's already a legitimate threat to Bailey. Well, speaking of tag teams, I'm going to try to bundle this all together. But first, we're going to start off with the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. A triple threat match, Heavy Machinery, uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan, and the New Day, who who became six-time champions. Now, it's a pretty cool visual seeing the New Day. I don't know, we all saw those tweets of, like, 
five years ago, you had Kofi, Woods, and Biggie when they first started the New Day. Yeah. Now, we, do you see that picture at all? Yeah, yeah, Woods the, put up like a side by side picture of before and now today, where they're all champions. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is fantastic. I mean, is it something where you think New Day needs a championship? They obviously the, the answer is obviously no. But is it the right fit? Like, I mean, who else is it better than the New Day, right? I think the image of all of them with gold is awesome. Yeah. I think it's really cool that they all have championships now. I think I think they needed to to win it as well, just to. I mean, they didn't really need need to win it, but uh, I think it's good for them to win it because they haven't held the titles in a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to just reestablish them as they're not just a good team that used to win championships. They're still a championship team. Something that's very transitional about this one. Uh, Heavy Machinery was like the, the, the oddball group that I was getting a little bit favored because they're more of a comedy thing. Um, as much as I didn't like them, I do think that Daniel Bryan and Rowan kind of came into their own uh-huh. as tag team champions, and especially having that same new Daniel Bryan character, which is, I think, awesome character work to go from the face to, to heel Bryan. Um, even though they weren't booked well, they lost a lot of pre-show matches with the titles. It was always great for them to be like, you know, we're your planet's champions, and didn't think that they were going to lose. Um, tonight and so cleanly and literally in the center of the ring so I'm not sure where they're going I like the New Day I think they're amazing they don't need the belts it just feels like alright that's just a little bit extra icing on this cake where would you rank the New Day on top tag teams of all time because you always you always hear the conversation Steiners LOD Heart Foundation Rockers Rock and Roll Express like I never hear anybody say New Day in the same breath but when you really when you really look back and see what they've done yeah. like they should be up there right like where would you guys rank them on all time tag teams it's weird because um, they, they operate like the, like the Freebirds but the Freebirds were ta- considered a tag team but they're more like a faction uh-huh. so I don't think that's why people don't think of them up front but you're right if I had to put New Day in there with their title reigns and their 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 level for this long it has to be top 10 if not yeah, easy top 10 top yeah. 10 yeah, top 10 not, for sure yeah, why, not, why not top 5 top 5 I think a lot of some of the other teams like as I look at the Dudleys um, and the Steiners I think there was a lot more focus on tag team wrestling during some of those guys' runs where the New Day have gone through some periods where there wasn't a lot of focus on tag team wrestling so the the, the competition level I don't think was as high, as high throughout their whole run mm-hmm. um but that doesn't diminish anything they've done. Like, as, as, as Flobo said, top ten for sure. But what about the Revival? Revival versus Usos. I thought the match was great. Uh, is this what we want to see? Like, everybody who's who's was complaining about the Revival with the Uso hot and, you know, the, the butt cream or whatever the hell right. that they went through with the shave in the backs. Yeah. Is this what we wanted to see instead of what we saw before? Because <laughs> everybody's coming like, oh, where's Revival? Like, they're getting yeah. buried. Okay, well, you just got a good match with the Usos. Right. Is this what you guys want? You know what this reminds me of? When I was a kid, I really want a pair of Jordans. And my dad was like, I'm going to get you some Jordans. And he went to the store and he got me a pair of Patrick Ewing's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> on, on paper, it's everything I want. Okay, yeah, tag team wrestling, two great teams, top of the game. The Revival is being taken seriously. But what we got, the match was okay. The the finish was all right. I don't think the Revival uh, are any better or any worse for winning this match in the Usos 2. So is this feud over? Is, there, is the Viking Raiders in the mix? Um, I don't really know. Uh, it was a solid match, but I, I don't think that I'm excited. But, yes, tag team wrestling on Raw is back. It's like, all right, what happens tomorrow night on Raw? They're going to have a you know, random object on a pole match just to be funny again? Who knows? Yeah, this was a good example, I think, of the build making this match feel a little flat, which seems to be the word of the night for me. Flat. Mm-hmm. It's just 
there was nothing wrong with it. it I, there was nothing I'd say. Oh, this this is was a bad spot or anything. It just it didn't feel like the stakes were high. It didn't feel like it mattered which team won. Um, in fact, I'm sure in a week I'll be going. Wait, which which team won? If it weren't for the champion, if it weren't for the titles to remind me, mm-hmm. I would probably forget who won. Did you feel the same way about the Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley match? Because we saw what happened two weeks ago. This was, I guess, was the culmination. How did you guys feel about this match, Bobby Lashley against Braun Strowman, the last man standing? I loved it. I've, I've, when I was on the Raw after Buzz, I actually said some, some, I had some criticisms of Bobby Lashley. <laughs> but since that show, right. I have really started investing into to Bobby Lashley. I think he's doing great. I love his just destructive. Not talking a lot, just kind of going in, destroying people, um, and then him and Braun, I think, really did a good job. I thought it was a really good match, and it delivered everything you'd want out of a last man standing match. Do you think Lashley is better, better or worse without Leo Rush? Oddly enough, I've, I, I would have said I want to say he's worse without Leo Rush, but I like him more right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's kind of a weird. Yeah, Leo Rush makes him polarizing, so you either love him or hate him with Leo Rush. But the problem I have with Lashley now is like, well, you're a guy with muscles who can fight, which is literally every single person on the roster. So the match itself was great, but going into it, it was it's Braun Strowman. I know that character versus generic wrestler four from Creator Wrestler. So to me, the match was great. Uh, I think Lashley has some upside. Uh, I think he's better in position now, but ultimately, I have to care about him, which I don't. Do you like Last Man Standing match? I hate him. You guys like them? They're overdone. Yeah, I think if they were less, if they were done less often, and only for really big things, it would mean more. But yeah, it, I, I don't like them. I, I mean, I, well, I shouldn't say I don't like them. I mean, they're, they're fine, but I, it doesn't intrigue me more than I just, if it's just a regular match. I just don't get why they had them. Like you had that big spot where they were out for like five minutes. So it's like, how do you think that? Oh, let's put them in a last contending match. They couldn't answer the five minute count. What makes you think if the same situation happens, you can answer a ten count? We saw a winner, thank God. But I just don't get like it's like it's like uh, if nobody interferes, let's have a steel cage match. Like, what's the point of you know? Like, it just didn't make sense. Yeah, it's. I mean, I think it was just added because of the Extreme Rules uh, name. I will say, I, I actually, I wanted Lashley to win this match, but I actually did really like how it ended with them kind of going through that box and then Braun Strowman punched oh, his yeah. way out. That was it a was cool a, visual. Yeah, it was, it was a cool, it was, it was a little cartoony, but I, I liked yeah. it. It was fun. It was, it was a fun little way to add, instead of just a, you know, them both in the ring and one of them crawling to the ropes and doing the, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, at the, at the nine. It was a fun, kind of a fun way to end it, but... Um, it does. I think it leaves Lashley in a tough spot because he was destroyed. He, he he survived the Braun Strowman attack. Then he he squashed Ray. Now he lost. I I believe I believe he'd be great in a tag team. I think mm-hmm. they should just legitimately tag him up with a someone like a Baron Corbin who can kind of do some talking and get some heat. But then just two big guys. They, there's not really a good bruiser tag team mm-hmm. right now. I mean, there's, like, the Viking Raiders, but they're so... They actually move so fluidly, I don't think of them as just a, a bruiser team. Yeah. So they, there's not really a good, just two big... Two hosses, as they called them back in the day. Right. Yeah. Hosses, yeah. Yeah, I think those two guys would be a good... Um, you know, as we had discussed, kind of a, using the APA template and just kind of saying, just kind of do that and be a tag team, just a normal tag team that competes with, like, the Usos or anyone else. Yeah. 
I agree with you. I don't like Last Man Standing Match. My least favorite stipulation is the cage, uh, but Last Man Standing Matches do feel like they defy the concept of wrestling, right? I, I hate mixed tag matches. Okay. Don't even get me started about a mixed tag elimination match. But we saw AJ Styles versus Ricochet for the United States Championship. To me, this finish was surprising. I didn't think it was going to finish this way. But what did you guys think of the match? You know, on paper, this should be like the best match ever, right? But like, and it was good. It was good. But yeah. what did you, you guys think? Like, overall, like AJ Styles winning the championship again. And does it take away from him being in the main event? Like, does he belong in that Universal title picture? I think AJ Styles can always be in the Universal picture, but for now it's way more important to build that raw mid card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the brand is, is 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 a big donut. You'll see they'll open strong. They'll be like an hour or so of like filler in your main event. You need something as strong as AJ you can show that brand. It can it's about wrestling. He has a group now trying to reestablish what the club is doing. And Ricochet really acquitted himself well. I mean, anyone I can think of uh, from signing to being on the main roster, Ricochet has been in the fast track and he's never disappointed. He's never dropped the ball. His matches have been solid. People are going one and only. I mean, I think it was all it was good for everyone involved. I had Ricochet retaining, uh, but other than that, I mean, I, you can't complain what it got today. Yeah, I think we're going to get sort of, uh, speaking of like APA template, this is going to be, I believe the, the club is going to have the Undisputed Era 2018 template, where they're treated like a main event group, and they act kind of like a main event group, but the, the leader has the mid-card title. And um, I think they'll probably run with that for a little bit because Flobo, as you'd mentioned, they do need the mid card to get build up a bit. And AJ is one of those guys that is so flexible in where you can put him and what you can do with him that I don't think it hurts him to be in the mid card. He's still great, and he could be in the mid card for a year and a half, and then suddenly put in main event, and you go, okay, that's cool. It happened last year. He was yeah. like U.S. champion one month. The next month, he went WWE champion against Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Do you think yeah. Finn Balor at some point gets put into this this whole program that we're doing? That should happen because uh, everyone's been asking for it. It's not the real Club with El Bell, or, uh, and that'd be kind of cool because of what happened today. Uh, the, the the question I have now is: Will it? How will it be different this time than what it was in Japan? But I'm interested in it. I don't. I don't know if I want Finn Balor to get involved <gasps> in it. I I know that that's what it was in Japan, and I know fans of of uh, the Bullet Club are probably going to say no. It needs to be like it was in Japan, but I don't. I don't think it needs to be. I and it's funny because they were never together in Japan. No. AJ Styles joined Bullet Club when Finn Balor left. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. So it, it, I don't. I don't think you need just. Oh, you used to be in Bullet Club. You're going to be in Bullet Club now. Mm-hmm. I think. I think Finn is a great face. I think he works great as he is now. Um, well, I mean, I think they can do more with him, but I, I don't think he needs to be in that group. I would love to see them add members, but I don't think it needs to be. Thin just because mm-hmm. something he was a part of years ago. I mean, I'm just waiting for to see AJ versus Rey Mysterio, which I'm hoping happens in the next day or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a match that I think a lot's been getting a lot of praise is Alistair Black versus Cesaro. I know once they it was officially announced on SmackDown, a lot of people were buzzing about this. You know, go. I think they might have wrestled on the Indies as well. I think I saw some mm-hmm. some, some um, images or some videos. What were your guys' thoughts on this match? From all accounts, it, this was a lot of people's favorite match of the night. Yeah, this was the match that going into today, I was like, I gotta, I gotta watch this live. I gotta like, you know, make sure I have my snacks all ready for this. Uh, Alistair Black on the main roster has been a bit of a disappointment with the "Please come fight me" thing. Uh, I know Jack has his own opinions about that. Uh, having Cesaro announcing was perfect because mm-hmm. there's a guy that was in that mid card on Raw was was new tights, new music. When when they hit someone, the match itself was great. I love the way how each guy sold each other's moves, makes the other look good, mm-hmm. and that finish looked like it absolutely hurt. That that reaction Cesaro 
did look like it was like a legit match. So props to everyone involved. I'm glad that Aleister Black's character is very much as it is right now, as it was in NXT. Nothing too crazy. Um, and Tazara has a great upside. So yeah, I. Uh this was one of those matches I, I loved but I hated because I loved both the wrestlers and the whole time I was like no I want him you know whenever one of them started to get ahead I'd say no 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 I don't want that I don't want the other guy to lose and I'd say then they'd switch spots I'd say no 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 no, no I don't want that guy to lose either because uh, I'm a really big fan of both of them obviously I think Black had to go over tonight because mm-hmm. if he lost he'd look like such a chump trying to call someone out for eight weeks and then losing um, but I think the Black Mass is a uh, Really good finish. I was about to say phenomenal, but that's yeah. not allowed to use that for uh, for anyone but AJ. Um, but the way he hit that out of he can just hit it out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It totally caught me off guard. Kind of the exact opposite of what happened with the Kofi Kingston match, where yeah. it, it totally caught me off guard. And Cesaro sold it so well. He looked like he was legitimately knocked out when it when it hit him. Um, I'm really happy to see Aleister Black actually in a match. Doing well. I hope they push him. I think he has all the things you need to be a, a great wrestler in the WWE. Again, one of those guys that if someone who doesn't watch wrestling saw him, they'd go, what's this guy's thing? His entrance is cool. Mm-hmm. His moves are cool. He looks cool. Uh, so I'm really glad at how it turned out. I thought it was one of the best matches of the night as well. Um, I just hope that something is there for Cesaro because I think that guy's amazing as well. Hopefully there's good things. And I, from all accounts, he looks to be on Monday Night Raw. Paul Heyman's always been a big fan of Cesaro, so hopefully that goes around well. Let me ask you something real quick, Jack. Do you watch 205 Live? I used to. Honestly, I haven't been caught up for the past few months. Now, what do you do you think because of that, they felt well on the pre-show? Because a lot of people say they should be on the main card, but again, they're like they're an internet show. Yeah. So do you think they belong on the main card, or do you think they're perfectly fine getting that extra exposure on you know the free YouTube pre-show? I think they should be on the pre-show. I think they're great on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Their shows are always, their matches are always really entertaining. Um, and Drew Gulak, I think, is one of those guys that uh, it's amazing how even if you're not watching the show, he feels like a legitimate person to have a match to see a match of. And um, using that because I do follow like NXT, mm-hmm. and he'll come in on NXT every mm-hmm. now and again. And if you don't watch Two Hundred Five Live, you'd say, "Who is this guy?" But he still has that. Oh, this is an important person to watch wrestle uh he had that tonight uh i thought their match was cool but i don't follow the show as much yeah. as i should just being honest there but um it's uh i think it's fine on the pre-show i don't think you need to force it on people on the main show or on the main card if people don't watch 205 sure because what people forget too when they say stuff like that is if you're going to put them on the main card you got to take someone else off yeah and I don't know who I would take off and put on the pre-show. Or too many. Like, think about it. Like this show, and I think Kevin Owens kind of attested to it. They had no Randy Orton, no Rey Mysterio, no like a lot of other people that was like, wait, I forgot Andrade. that they're there. Yeah, Rusev. Like, where's yeah. Rusev in these days? You know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Finn Balor earlier, he had a match with Nakamura for the Intercontinental Champion, which Nakamura became champion. I saw a funny tweet that said he was the first person to win like WWE and IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Jericho responded was like, um, <laughs> hello? Yeah, like, hello, yeah. I think what it's me. He doesn't me. exist in WWE anymore. Oh, <laughs> Would you guys think of this match? And real quickly, last year we kind of saw Nakamura in the WWE Championship picture. Two years ago we saw, like, this is like the dream match in NXT. Now they're on. We just mentioned it at the pre-show. Like, is this something that they deserve to be on the main show? 
Well, those two talents are always going to burn the house down because their styles are complementary. Last week on, on SmackDown, Nakamura had a new aggression uh, that would totally fit his new character. But like you're saying, the pre-show can't be two prelim matches. One has to be main event quality or, or main event quality, and one has to be something experimental. So that being the pre-show didn't bother me. It was a title change on a pay-per-view with a lot of title changes, so I'm also fine with that. Um, but if you're watching on the internet show and you're not really watching the main pay-per-view, you get to understand the new Nakamura and what Finn Balor can do. So it's a position that didn't bother me at all. I think it should have been on the pre-show, and the reason is is because I think it was a it's good for Nakamura to have the title. It's going to help him rebuild his character and rebuild his presence. And I think this is going to lead to a push for Finn as well. I think he's going to probably move up the card mm-hmm. this way. And this way, him losing a title isn't showcased. But do you think a match like this being on the pre-show is like a demotion in any ways? Because you don't no. you don't see Roman on the pre-show. No, I don't think it's a I don't think it's a, a demotion. I think it's it's really just the mathematical idea of time. they don't have so much time. And again, I think if you they, they I think they want as few people seeing Finn lose as possible because they're going to push him after this. I believe I think he's going to get a push after this, mm-hmm. and they just didn't want everyone focusing on him losing in a big spot right before they push him. So now they can kind of transition the title to Nakamura and then push him, but not have everyone go, oh, he just lost to Nakamura, now he's getting a push? That's my thought, anyways. If you were to rank this pay-per-view between 1 and 77, where would you rank it at? Oh, man, it's a solid, solid uh, 49, (laughs) you know, 52. No, I mean, look, it was a solid pay-per-view that just gets kind of lost in the shuffle because there's so many pay-per-views in the summertime uh, because that we have other brands that are building up too um, but match per match it was it was good there were some decisions I didn't really like but I won't say it was a bad pay-per-view I mean it just kind of let me in the mix this year I think it did everything it was supposed to do Is it, it, I don't think anyone's going to look back 10 years from now and talk about Extreme Rules 2019 and how it changed the game or anything but I think it did its job there was a lot of uh, Storylines, I think a lot of people weren't super happy about that it had to wrap up, and it did that. And it, now we can move on from them. It set the stage for what is looking to be a, a new era in WWE mm-hmm. with some uh, management changes for Raw and SmackDown. Um, and so I, I think it did it, its job. I thought the matches were entertaining, and that's all you can ask for at the end of the day. Um, and so I, I thought it was good. I, not the most memorable, amazing show, but I was I was happy with it. I enjoyed watching it. All right, just one last question: Will you guys come back for the SummerSlam after show? Absolutely, yes. SummerSlam is my yeah, favorite movie of the year. They're going to be here. Yes. Con- contract accepted. Uh, <laughs> yes. But real quick, where can everybody find you? We're about wrapping up. Thank you for watching everybody on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But where can people find you if they want to keep the conversation going? Oh yeah, on whatever you want. Excellent. I'm on Twitter at Boys, on Instagram at Flobito and Flobito.com. This Thursday, San Diego Comic Con. I'll be there. The Not So Strange Bedfellows panel. I'll be a panelist. Come out, say hello, let's get some photos. And you can find me at jackcfarmer.com or at, at realjackfarmer across all social media. And this was my second show, so if you want to see more of me, make sure to comment in the comments section that uh, you enjoyed having me here. Hashtag bring back Jack, uh, and maybe you'll see some more of me. Hashtag bring back Jack. I am George Ramoza, G-H-E-R-M-O-Z-A. You can come this Friday night, Burbank, California, Wrestling Pro Wrestling. It's going to be fun. I think it's called like Kumite, but not just blood sports and like that. It's a great show. And anyway, nice. Follow them on Rush Wrestling uh, Facebook, Instagram. Thank you for very much for watching. We will see you guys at SummerSlam here in AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.